Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. We're so excited you guys are here, excited about what God is doing. We're in our Bridge Builders series. Matter of fact, we're wrapping up our Bridge Builders series today because next week starts Church's Movies, and y'all do not want to miss that. And so uh, we are super, super excited about what God is doing. How many guys grew up with siblings? Anybody grew up with siblings? How many of y'all know that's a torturous life you never asked for? Come on, anybody? Right? Uh, I, so I have, uh, I have my sister, Natalie, and then uh, we, we adopted Tommy and Cindy. So I have, I have a brother and two sisters, uh, and Tommy came to us. Uh, we were best friends before uh, we adopted them. So we knew them before they moved into our house. And, uh, and Tommy, we, we, we call him the evil Asian persuasion, okay? So, <laughs> so if you know who Tommy is, my, he's my brother. He's Vietnamese. And, uh, and back in the day, he was, I'm not going to say he was evil, but he was evil. All right, so <laughs> he was. And so uh, what was bad is Tommy's never weighed more than like 125 pounds in his life, okay? Uh, and so we were always in this like constant tension of like I'll, I could never catch him, but if I did, <laughs> it was going down. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, you're going to pay for a month of this if, as soon as I get you one time. So, uh, but that was, that was our life. And I remember one time we were sitting, I was sitting on the swing in my front yard and Tommy came up to me. And y'all know those big fishing lures that are like this big, they got like 20 hooks hanging off the side. And so I wasn't paying attention. He was swinging it on a rope, and he got close to me, and it was like coming at my face. Like, it was like this far from my face, like spinning real fast. And I was like, Tommy, stop playing, man. He was like, he hit me. Like, if you have a sibling, you remember this. He was like, don't move it. It won't hit you. Like that whole thing. And I was like, bro, put, stop, stop playing with me. Don't move it. It won't hit you. I was like, brother, I'm, uh, I'm telling you, like, like I know you're going to run faster than me, but I'm going to get you eventually. And... Uh, and so he don't move, you know, he was doing the whole thing. And finally, like a car came by, he kind of looked over and I reached out my leg and I kicked him in the knee and I tackled him and, uh, I made him pay the price. Anyways, that is not a lesson on parenting or how teenagers should live. Okay. So, but <laughs> I remember we had this phrase growing up because we all had siblings, right? Where it's like, maybe you're in a fight, you're wrestling over something. And we had this phrase, we'd tell, we'd say like, let it loose. Like, that means, like, let it go. You know what I mean? Like, you, let, it, let it loose. And then, like, we always let it, like, now. Like, let it loose now. But it was, it was you got to say it in NASCAR, right? So, nah. You got to let, let it loose now. Nah. Right? All right. So, I, so, some of y'all got it. Some of y'all, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so it's like, let it loose now. All right. So, I want, I, want, I want to invite you all to say that with you. Say, let it loose. All right. So, then add the Dale Earnhardt at the end. Nah. All right. Very good. Okay. So, all right. And Dale's not dead. He's just a lap ahead. All right. So, don't worry about it. Just... But, oh, come on, that was better than that. But, all right, so I want you to say, let it loose now. All right, very good. All right, because today I want to talk to you about letting it loose. I've been on a retreat for a week. I'm ready to preach. I just want to warn you all ahead of time. All right, so, um, so I, if you if all will preach with me today, that would be great. Because there is, I, honest to God, there is a message. In, it's like in my bones. It's shut up inside of me that I just want you to hear today. I want, you to, I want you to receive it. I want you to hear it um, because I believe it will change your life, man. I really do. Um, and it's this idea of letting it loose because as much as we may have siblings that we are in a tug of war with, I believe that the person we're at a tug of war with the most in our life is God. 
And I believe there are areas of our life that God is looking at us saying, let it loose. And we're, t- we're holding on so tightly to it that we're not letting God have control of the most important areas of our lives. Matter of fact, I got on Instagram and TikTok a couple weeks ago. I said, what is it that you, what is it in your life you trust God with the least? And every single person that we asked the question to said, I don't trust God enough to give him control of my life. Like, I don't trust God. Matter of fact, I, I put it, it calls two questions. And I want to ask you these two questions. I want to ask you this question first. Do you really trust Jesus in your life? Like, do we really trust Jesus in our lives? I want you to think about that question for a second. Do we really trust Jesus in our lives? Like, now here, here's the deal. My answer, and I think most of our answers would be yes, at least instinctively, right? Like, he is the creator of all things. Like, you know, so I, tr- I trust Jesus in my life. So then it prompts a second question, and it's interesting how the entire question changes when one word changes. And it's this, do we really trust Jesus with our lives? Now, you may say, Brad, that's the same question. No, 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 it's not. So let me explain to you the difference. Do I trust Jesus in my life means I still have control and I trust Jesus to be a part of it. But to say, do I trust Jesus with my life? Now who has control? I'm I'm surrendering. All right, do I trust Jesus with my, do I trust Jesus enough to give him my life and say, whatever you say goes and I'm going to trust you with that. Does anybody else struggle with that? Perfect, half of you. The rest of you are liars. Okay, cool. So, no, but in all seriousness, like we all struggle with that. Why? Because we all want control of our lives. Why? Because we all want a particular outcome. And so today I want to talk to you because we're closing out the Bridge Builder series. And with the Bridge Builder series, what we've been talking about is inviting every single one of you into the place of recognizing what God is calling you to, to take your place as a bridge builder to say, you know what? I want to make my life count for something on getting people from here to there. You say, where is here? Wherever they are. And where is there? Wherever God wants it to be. All right. And so I'm taking my spot. I want to take my place. I'm going to do my part. You know why? Because I don't just want the next 10 years of Transformation Church to be great. I want the next 20. I want our grandkids and our great grandkids and our great great grandkids to have a legacy of the Holy Spirit transforming people's life through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is going to be a light beacon for our community and our city for all the rest of our time here and generations after us. Because we found some bridge builders that were willing to say yes now to know what we were getting ourselves later. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Now, y'all better keep up. I'm letting y'all know right now. I almost lost my voice in the first service, and I got two more. All right, so we're going to go to Matthew 16. And I want to look at Jesus as he's talking, talking to his disciples in this conversation that he has with Simon about who he is. And so let's go to Matthew 16, 13 through 19. We're going to read this whole passage, this story. And it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? In other words, his, who does everyone else say that I am? They replied, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? Say you. Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? Simon answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in 
heaven. So this, the world didn't convince you of this. Like, like someone didn't come along and, and make you believe this. So you, you weren't convinced of it because a lot of other people, you weren't peer pressured into believing this. The reason you believe this is because God opened your eyes to believe this. Come on, has anybody God ever came after you when you weren't looking for him? All of a sudden you woke up one day and you were like, I can see something I couldn't see before. Anybody? So, so he says, flesh and blood, people didn't convince you of this, Simon. God showed it to you. So it was my father in heaven, right? And he goes on to say, and I tell you that you are now Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And then he goes on to say, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so Jesus has this conversation with his disciples because here's the tension that the disciples are in. They still go through glimmers of not being quite sure if Jesus is who he says he is. Like, I want you to think about it for just a second. If you were in Walmart tomorrow and someone walked up to you and was like, I'm Jesus, you would be skeptical. Come on, help me out. Barefoot, raggedy hair. Before he even got the question out, you'd be like, I don't carry cash, bro. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me like that. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Some of these cats got like Venmo now, so you got to watch out. You got to watch out. We would, we would be skeptical at best. Why? Because, like, why would Jesus be, this doesn't make any sense. This, I don't understand. Listen, that's exactly where the disciples were. They've been waiting on a Messiah for thousands of years. He shows up to them and he says, I'm the Messiah. And they're like, Great, and he even does a lot of the things that the Messiah would have done, but there's still something in their mind like, bro, are we getting played right now? (laughs) This is what these disciples are thinking. And so in one more attempt, in one more conversation, with with one more bit of courage, Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And they're like, man, they, they say you might be this guy, you might be this guy, but who do you say that I am? And hear me, Simon, who we know to be Peter, because this is where his name changes from Simon to Peter. He speaks up, and it's always Peter, isn't it? The loudmouth, obnoxious one. It's always Peter that gets himself into trouble talking when he wasn't quite supposed to. It's always Peter that says he wasn't going to do something that he did and then said he wouldn't do the thing. Like, hey, it's always Peter. But here's the thing that I love about Peter, because the same courage that constantly got him in trouble was the same courage that it took to step up and say, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And so some people like to hide their personality traits because it's too bold for certain people. But I'm here to tell you, the boldness that may get you into occasional trouble will also be the boldness that lets you proclaim claim something when everybody else goes silent. So don't be afraid to let the light shine just because everybody around you is dim. And I love that Peter did that, but that's not my message for today. (laughs) And so Peter has this conversation and Jesus says, you are now Peter on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And I want to show you three things that are happening in this passage that you may not have picked up on, but you need to have an understanding of if you're going to be a bridge builder. And even if bridge building doesn't make sense to you, if this is your first Sunday and you're like, why does this church love bridges so much? Uh, it's a, we'll explain that in a minute. But the reality is we, we're called to be bridge builders. We're, we're called to bridge the gap between where we are and where God is calling us. And so we're saying yes to that. But there's three things that bridge builders need to know. And out of this passage, that's what I want to give you today. And the first one is that bridge builders have a revelation of who Jesus is. 
Bridge builders have a revelation of who Jesus is. It's not just a good idea. It's something you can't get out of your heart. It's not just something you've thought about. It's not just something that somebody else taught you. It's not that something was spoken to you. It's something that you know to be true because Jesus has revealed himself to you. God has opened your eyes. You have a revelation of who Jesus is. And the problem is, I think many people love the idea of Jesus being so many things that we've yet to make him who he said he is. So we love the idea of Jesus being the genie from Aladdin that we can go to when we need something. We, we, we love Jesus being the glorified prostitute of our lives, where we'll pay, we'll pay for something that we want, we just don't want all of him. And so we only want from him what's good for us, but we don't want all of him, because if we wanted all of him, we would let him be everything to us. I told y'all, I'm ready for today. So here's the question, who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus just there to serve your needs or is Jesus there to be everything? Is Jesus the person you date when the life that you wish you married is too preoccupied for you? Or is Jesus the one that you live the rest of your life with? And so who is Jesus to you? Now, this is going to be a little bit harder message. Come back next week and I promise you'll laugh. Oh, we're going to laugh some too. All right, I am preaching by the way, but like... But I, I want you to know this is something I want to see your life change starting today on some things. And so who is Jesus to you? I believe even churches love Jesus as the addition to what they're doing, not the main thing that they do. Like as long as Jesus fits into our country club, pro-American mentality, I love Jesus. But as soon as Jesus causes us to challenge our presuppositions, then we start to not know what to do with him. And Jesus challenges us to live like Christ, not live like something else. And for the record, I love our country. I love everything that is offered to us. What I'm saying is Jesus cares about the kingdom far more than he cares about any cloth. I told y'all. Matthew 13, 16. Jesus is talking again. He says, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Now, most eyes see and most ears hear. So why are yours blessed because they see and hear? And what Jesus is getting at is blessed are your eyes because they see what God has called them to see, not just what they see themselves. Blessed are your ears because they hear what God is calling them to hear, not just what they hear themselves. Blessed are you when you can have a revelation of what God says, not just hear it from other people. You see, bridge builders have a revelation of who Jesus is, but then bridge builders make a declaration with their lives. You see, a revelation of who Jesus is will always lead to a declaration with our life. So when we see people who are not living out the faith, they, they say they love Jesus, they say they believe in Jesus, but they're not walking with Jesus. What we have is someone that has a head knowledge of who Jesus is, but they lack a revelation of who Jesus is. They, they believe that he once existed, they just don't believe he's worth following. But bridge builders, those of us that are committed to there's we make a declaration, not with our mouth, but with our lives. You see, I make a lot of declarations with my mouth. Right? And so, for example, uh, I have said before that Sky's Pizza is the best pizza in Pensacola. 
All right, and if you disagree with me, you're allowed to be wrong, okay? So uh, I just want you to know that. Right? I went recently, and it was, it was just a glorious experience. Uh, I grabbed the first slice out of the pie, because real pizza lovers call it a pie, for the record, all right? So you know you're talking to a real one when they call it. Anyway, so I grabbed, and it had the cheese stretch. Come on, come on, yes, 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 right? Had the, had the cheese, the pepperoni, it had the, it was, had the grease on top. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You see, I thought the Lord's moving. He's sweeping through this place right now. So because like, we, we care about grease until it's pepperoni on a pizza. And then we're like, everything's acceptable at this point, really, right? Like, so, uh, you know, I, I, I went to, I, you had to do the fold and then the, like the, but the very end, like, had, come. These people are with me. These people are with me. Let's go. And then it would, you get to fold it in. By, come on. It's, the, it's amazing. And then the grease runs down the elbow. You got to get the napkin. Come on. Yeah, we're getting it right here. Okay, so here. I make, I make a lot of declarations with my mouth, but how many of y'all know I, I also live that pizza life? Y'all didn't have to laugh that hard. Y'all didn't have to laugh that hard. Now, we joke, we'll, we'll joke about pizza, but listen to me, listen to me. That's exactly how our life with Jesus. It's not something we speak with our mouth. It's something we live with our lives. When someone comes in, why are you so passionate about this Jesus thing? I, I'm going to describe to you how much I love Jesus with way more detail and intricacies than I just described that pizza. Because Jesus is way better than pizza, okay? I can't believe I need to say that, but I'm going to say it anyway. We might put it on a t-shirt and put it in the culture shop. But like, G, Jesus is my everything, so I'm going to describe to you where my life was. I'm going to describe to you the shame that I was in. I'm going to describe to you how I, I, I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. And then this revelation kicked in of like of not exactly just who he was, but who I was, and that I, I was painfully disturbed by what I saw in the mirror of myself and then realized that Jesus said, I don't want you to do anything to get rid of your shame. I just want you to give it to me, and I'll make you brand new. And it broke my heart, but it also gave me joy at the same time, and I realized there's somebody that'll love me no matter where I go. It's more than just a declaration with my words. It's with my life. Jesus looks at Peter, Simon at the time, and he says, you are now Peter, which comes from the root word Petros. And Petros means rock. It means stone. He says, you are now Peter or rock, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, naturally, what do we assume? All right, that God is now, Jesus is now going to build his church on Peter the rock. Right? And, and the reality is, Jesus actually, God did build his church on Peter and Paul, the two pillars of our faith. So, so those two things actually did happen, but Jesus was actually saying something way more than just what we see with our eyes. He says, your name is now Peter or Petros. Petros meaning rock. And he says, and on this rock, say rock. I don't want to lose you right here. This is big, but I don't want to lose you. On this rock. But when he said rock, he didn't say Petros. He said Petra. So what's the difference between a Petra and a Petros? 
Well, let me answer that. I know some of you are asking. So (laughs) Petros is a rock. It is a foundational stone. But Petra is not a stone that you could look at and move. It's a bedrock stone. It's a foundational stone. In other words, if you were to see a house that had been built into a mountain and the foundation of that house was stone, but it wasn't stone that was brought in. It was stone that already existed long before the house existed. It's a bedrock. It is at the base of it all. It can't be moved. It can't be changed. It is there forever. And what he's saying is you are now Petros, which means rock, but on this rock, this bedrock. And so it wasn't that Jesus was going to be what the church was built on. It was going to be that Peter's, or it wasn't going to be that Peter was what the church was built on. It was what Peter's revelation was that the church was going to be built on. You are now Petros. You are now a rock, but on the rock, which is the revelation that Jesus is who he says he is. That's what I'm going to build my church. On. So Christ's identity becoming a revelation and the revelation becoming a declaration of our lives is what the church is built on. And so for people that think we confess with our mouth but live differently with our lives, I'm going to tell you that is the reason you have not the power you wish you had with your prayer because you are acting like a Petros when God called us to live with a Petra. And so he's saying it's not enough to just know about the stone. You need to know about the foundation rock of our faith. Christ's identity rests at the center of our faith. But here's the beautiful thing. If it rests at the center of our faith, anything he asks of us, it's a yes. Because he's not a stone in our lives that we can build on. He's the bedrock foundation that everything is built on. So he says, on this Petra, on this bedrock, on this foundation, on your revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, on that I will build my church. That's why Matthew 7, 24, that we read a couple weeks ago, where the man was building the house on sand and on rock, he says, whoever hears my words and acts on them is like a wise man who built his house on the what? That word rock right there is not Petros, rock. It is Petra. It's like he who builds his house on the magnificent foundation. He who hears me does what I say is building his house on something that cannot be moved so that when the floods of life come, and how many guys know they will come, his life, his home will not be shaken. It will last. Listen to me. It's not enough to know about Jesus and think that you're going to make it through it all. you got to build your life on the bedrock of Jesus to know that you're going to make it all. And so we've been raising these funds because as a church, we've collectively said we're, we're, we're going. We're, we're, we're going to move people from here to there. We're going to be bridge builders. We're going we're, we're, we're we're to build a legacy. We're going to build a foundation. We're build, when Jesus is asking us to do something, we're saying yes. We're going to say yes over and over again. And so we've been raising funds for a year and a half. we got a year and a half to go, so we're at the halfway part. And it's been amazing. And some of the people in our church that stepped up in the very beginning and said, you know what, we're in. And we're, we, in faith, God has said that what, he wants us to put this number down, and we're going to give this over three years they put the number down, and in 18 months, God has already blessed them so much that they've given over that, and they're going to double it over three years. Like, God has been so faithful. And we wanted you to hear their story, not because we're asking you to do something, but because we are going to ask you to ask God 
if you should do something. And we just want to let you hear their story. Go ahead and roll it, guys. I'm David Cash. And I'm Terry Cash. Uh, we were looking for a new church, and we were at the movies, and we saw an advertisement for uh, a church that was meeting right there in the very theater that we were watching the movie. And so we went and checked it out the next Sunday. We've never been a part of anything that's like what's happening here. And really reaching the community at a fast pace. We saw the, the growth that was happening and could see that we needed uh, more space. So as they were pitching the Imagine campaign, we could see where it was that they wanted to go and we wanted to be a part of it. We didn't come up with a set amount to give. We came up with a percentage based off of her business. And so we looked at what she had done the previous three years and kind of worked off that to put a number on a paper because Justin needed that for his spreadsheet. Uh, kind of hard to calculate a percentage. Uh, but God has just incredibly increased her business that uh, that we've blown past that number already. So that meant I, I can't shop as much, can't go get pedicures as much, can't go get Starbucks as much. You know, there's so all that had to be cut back. And then this past Sunday, Pastor Brad said if we could get a hundred families to give a hundred dollars a month. So if you break that down, that's $25 a week. So I think most of us somewhere could come up with $25 a week. You have to look, you know, are you eating out for lunch? Even grabbing fast food can add up pretty quickly. Um, coffees, Starbucks coffees. I know, you know, some people like go to Walmart and go to Target or, or whatever, and we just put those extra things in our cart. And it's like, do we really need those? And it's, those little things just add up to be $25 a week. <laughs> imagine the vision, imagine what can happen here on the west side of town if we're able to, to reach this goal, to be able to create these spaces and reach this community with the Imagine campaign, imagine what we could do if we could build all of this and not have that debt over our head. It takes many to do the job. Man, I'm so grateful to David and Terry for, uh, for giving us their story. And God's doing amazing things. Now, I wanna say this just right away. I want to clear up anything for you. If you're new to Transformation, if this is your first Sunday and you're like, man, I thought I was going to brunch. My friend brought me here. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we want you to know I, we have no expectation of you. All right, this is, this is something that we are doing as a church. And if you are not part of Transformation Church, we're not asking you to do anything. Just to let you know, okay? So if you're new or this is your first time, this is something that we are doing. If you want to join us, man, I, we would love that. If you would love to join our church, we would love that too, all right? If God's put on your heart to give a gift, we would love that. But I just want you to know, this is something we are doing as a church, and, and if, you, if God has not moved you to say yes to that part yet, we want you to know you can walk out of here. We, we want you to fall more in love with Jesus today, not our campaign, okay? Is that fair? Uh, and so that we just want to kind of put that out there. We're not a church that really goes crazy about money. Um, this is something God's calling us to, and we're inviting everybody to say yes. That, it, that can, okay? Um, so uh, we, we see that God is moving us 
a revelation and a declaration, but then there's one more thing that happened that bridge builders understand. And that's that bridge builders use the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Bridge builders use the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's the thing that I want you to grab a hold of real quick as you're writing that. It's one thing to have the keys, it's something else to use them. I'm gonna say it again. It's one thing to have the keys, it's something else to use them, okay? And so bridge builders, we use the keys to the kingdom of heaven because here's the deal that I want you to understand. See, Jesus looks at Peter and he, he says, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But then he goes on to say, he, he says, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind, whatever you take hold of, whatever you grab, whatever you hold back, whatever you resist, whatever you in your life, whatever you look at and say, I'm, I'm taking hold of that. Listen, in heaven, we're gonna resist. We're gonna push back against that. And whatever you loose on earth, whatever you release, whatever, whatever you look at and say, I'm releasing this in my family, I'm releasing this in my business, I'm releasing this in my education, I'm releasing, whatever you do, listen, we're gonna release it in heaven. We're gonna let it loose in, in heaven. And so here's the deal. Here, here's the beautiful thing that bridge builders use the keys to the kingdom. And here's the deal that I wanna invite you in, the space that I wanna invite you in is to the place of what is God prompting you in faith to start believing for that you thought was a good idea, but you've yet to actually put true supernatural faith behind. To say, I'm gonna see God move in this in my life. Like, and here's the deal. Here's, I, I want you to attach some faith to it. Matter of fact, uh, we, we, we brought these out for you guys um, because if you look in the lobby, we got keys in the lobby, all right? And they even have the TC logo on them. <laughs> and so here's the deal. I want you, we're, we're, we're gonna talk about these in a minute, but for those of you that get a key today, what I want you to do with this key is I want you to make it a prayer marker for your life. That every time you look at it, as you say, I'm saying yes to this with my life, I'm also using it as a reminder that I'm praying for this in my life. And so what am I doing? I, 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 as you start to look for the opportunity, as you look for what God's asking you to do, but here's the deal. This is why I think many Christians miss it. Many Christians are trying to wield a power they don't possess because they're making a declaration that lacks revelation. I'm saying it again. Many Christians are trying to wield a power they don't possess because they're, they're saying something with their mouth that their life doesn't represent. But I'm here to tell you today, if we could start to let our life start to buy in to what we believe in our heart, it would start to prompt us to change. That's why... I think Ron, Ron McManus says this, and as we're talking about bridge builders, he says, the church that will impact the 21st century is the church whose dreams are bigger than their memories. In other words, it's time that we start looking for what God wants to do more than where we feel like he let us down in the past. It's time we start looking for more of what God wants to do than where, where we've seen, listen, God has more for you. There is more favor for you in front of you than what God has behind you. There's more God wants to do in front of you than what happened behind you. There's more God wants to do in your family. He wants to do in your education. He wants to do in your career. There's more that God wants to do in front of you than what's behind you. And so what are we calling you to? We're calling you to say yes. We're calling you to look at what God wants for you. And so, man, I'm inviting you to the space where you say, so how do we do it? How do we do it? Here's, let me help you out. Here, let me help you out. Stop spectating and start participating. Stop spectating and start participating. It's time that we start getting plugged into what God wants for our 
lives. It's time that we start saying yes to what God is calling us to. It's time that we start saying yes to what God is introduced. So I want to give you two right now. I want to give you two right now in, in this place. All right. What are, the, what are two ways you can say yes right now? And here's the deal. I want you to attach faith to them. The first one is this. Out, out in the lobby is the Imagine Cards. I want to invite all of you to ask God. So I'm asking you to ask God what you should do as far as a campaign pledge. 18 months. God, you're asking, you're putting on my heart to say yes to 18 months of blank dollars a month, and that's what I'm going to pledge because I want to be a bridge builder that gets our church from here to there. All right, so whatever it is God's putting on your heart, I want to invite you to say it. Even if you've already pledged and you've already been giving to the Imagine Campaign, there's a box on here that says, I want to continue because here's the deal. You turn in the card, get a key. And as you get the key, man, let's see God start to connect faith to your prayer. You guys with me today? And so I want to invite you to say yes to that. The second thing I want to invite you to say yes to is our Bridge Builders offering on December 3rd. You, you may know it as our legacy offering. If you look at the screen, it's our Bridge Builders offering on December the 3rd. And so here's what I want to invite you. I want you to pray and ask God, what can you give on that Sunday? Now, our, our Bridge Builders offering that replaces our legacy offering, here's what's unique about it is that we give 100% of it to our legacy lanes for missions. We give 100% of it. What are we doing? I'm believing that as we're generous, God's gonna be generous in return to help us. So this isn't just about us trying to do something in the house. We Listen, our legacy offering last year, we helped build a playground in the Dominican Republic that's giving the gospel to kids every single day. We helped build wells in Africa, right, to get water to communities that didn't have it. And this year we wanna do something great as well. And so, man, we wanna go to that place. So the two ways I'm inviting you to participate. But here's the deal. As you are generous, both with a pledge and with an offering on December 3rd, I want you to attach some faith to it. Say faith. I want you to attach some faith. What is it you've been praying about that you're looking for the keys of the kingdom of heaven to give you opportunities in your life? What is it you're looking at for your family? What is it you're looking at for your kids? What is it you're looking at for your parents, for your loved ones, for your education, for your career? What is it you're looking at? And what is it you're asking God to do and you're gonna believe it's gonna move in faith? You guys with me today? And so I wanna invite you, every time you see this hanging on your doorway, hanging on your mirror, hanging wherever, I wanna invite you to every time you see it, pray for our church and pray for what God's put in your heart that you're gonna see start changing in your family and in your workplace and everywhere you put your feet. Why? Because I believe what God has in front of you is bigger than what's behind you. And God wants to do something. Let's be bridge builders. Can we do that? Amen? Here's, what I wanna, here's the, the question I wanna leave you with, or the, the thought I wanna leave you with. Think of what we could do in our city if we took our keys, say keys, we took our keys and made them active and let our faith loose to change people's lives. Man, we could change some things. Let's do it together, amen? Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you and we love you. God, I pray that you start stirring faith in people's hearts. Right now, here's what I want you to do, church, as we're praying. I want you to start thinking right now, what is it in your life that you're gonna start praying with intentional faith? to see God change. Maybe it's something in your family, something in your home, something in your career, in your education, at school, relationships, your marriage. What is it you're gonna believe that God is gonna start changing for you? 
I want you to grab a hold of it in your heart and your mind right now. Go ahead, take a minute, grab a hold of it right now. As you get it, I just want you to stand. I'm not gonna come to you, I'm not gonna embarrass you. You're just standing, the people, people are standing already all across the auditorium. As you get it, the thing that you're praying for, the thing you're gonna believe, I just want you to stand. This is a faith step saying, all right, God, I'm standing with the keys. I'm standing on your promise right now for, like I said, for your job, for your family member, for an unsaved friend. You're believing for, for supernatural income in your house, something to break generational curses that are gonna break in Jesus' name. Alcoholism is gonna break in Jesus' name. Drug addiction is gonna break in Jesus' name. Depression and anxiety is gonna break in Jesus' name. Blessings are gonna flow. Finances are gonna flow in Jesus' name. What is it you're believing for? What are you praying for? Now I wanna pray for you. God, I pray right now for every person that's standing on a promise right now, standing in faith, standing with the keys of the kingdom of heaven. God, we let it loose in Jesus' name. And we release, God, for you and your authority to release favor in our lives in every area we're believing. Do it, Father, in Jesus' name. Release. In Jesus' name, let our faith be inspired. We thank you today and we love you. If you're here today, very quickly, and you say, Brad, I need Jesus in my life. I know that sin is separating me from God, but I need to be forgiven. I need a fresh start. The beauty of the gospel is that even though sin might have separated you from God, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for that sin. And today, all it takes to know him is to put your faith in him. Today, if you're ready to make a declaration in your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, that he's ready to meet you right where you're at. And today, if that's you, I want to invite you to pray this prayer and the whole church will pray with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. See, let's get it for all those that pray that today. May we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.